Why is Jesus so popular, even with people who don't consider themselves Christians? We discuss this and more on this episode of The Overthinkers with very special guest, Dallas Jenkins. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, a home for people like you who love to have fun thinking deeply. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, polite, opinionated person. And with me, as always, is my chaotically Christian co-host. Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker, and a uh, guy who is pretty interested in uh, Jesus, for lack of a better description uh, <laughs> this time. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and with us today is someone also very interested in Jesus. He's a very special returning guest, one of our first guests we've had on the show. He is a filmmaker, director, writer, producer, and online personality. He is the son of celebrated Left Behind author Jerry Jenkins and is the creator, producer, director, and writer of the international hit series The Chosen. He launched his career producing the independent feature Hometown Legend at the age of 25 and shepherded it to distribution by Warner Brothers. In the 20 years since, he has directed and produced over a dozen feature and short films for companies such as Universal, Lionsgate, Pureflix, Hallmark Channel, and Amazon. He is the dazzling, the dangerous, the delightful Dallas Jenkins. Dallas, welcome back to the show. I sure hope I'm interested in Jesus because I, I, I'm <laughs> making a show about him, but uh, I can't. I, I can't. Your Nathan's intro is so much more exciting than mine. Uh, <laughs> uh, sarcasm, but uh, but yeah, thank you for all that. It's good to be back. You guys uh, do you do you guys do overthink, but uh, so, do I, so do I. So it's fun. That's why I came on the first time. So happy to be back. Yeah. Thank you for being here. It's going to be a blast. Yeah, no, we we do we we like to think everybody else is underthinking, um, but that's that's just us. Um, right. Well, today, yes, today we're discussing why Jesus is so beloved worldwide, even by people who aren't Christians. Uh, but first, Nathan, if people enjoy our discussion and want to engage with more discussions like this and connect with other overthinkers like themselves, where can they go? They can go to the overthinkersjournal.com where they can find out uh, more about their hosts and any live events we have coming up. We just had a great one here in New York City watching the Oscars together. Uh, you can also send us all of your love and hate mail there. We do enjoy both. Um, you can also join our online group on Facebook called The Overthinkers. We now have over 14,000 of you getting into great discussions and mostly posting hilarious memes that are intellectual hilarious memes that spark yes. great discussion. So connect with other people like yourselves there. Um, and also, if you do enjoy the show, please consider leaving a review. It really does help us so very much and share with a friend. Cool. All right. We're ready to get started overthinking together, Dallas? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of enthusiasm. That was trepidatious, yeah. but we'll take it. <laughs> I always uh, tread lightly going into your world because uh, I know that uh, you you're you're an overthinker like me, which is fine, which is great. Uh, but you're also a little weird sometimes. So it's a guy. It's a, <laughs> That's the idea. All, uh, all true you, things. Yeah, yeah. I know you wouldn't deny that. So I, I felt comfortable. Saying <laughs> yes, that's pretty safe. Badge of honor. Yeah. Yes. All right. So everybody with you know seems to love Jesus. Obviously, Christians love Jesus. Him being the founder of their faith and the person who Christians believe is God in flesh. But less obviously, even people who aren't. Christians or don't identify as Christians love Jesus too. Atheists love Jesus, considering him to be a great moral teacher. Uh, atheist Kurt Vonnegut wrote about his love of Jesus in Slaughterhouse Five. 
Mark Twain wrote, the, there has only ever been one Christian. They caught him and crucified him early. Um, Muslims and Mormons love Jesus, considering him to be one of the prophets of their faith as well. Um, in the book, The Good Heart, the Dalai Lama described Jesus as either a fully enlightened man or a bodhisattva. He isn't... Um, this isn't the same for other faith leavers, like uh, leaders like Mohammed and Joseph Smith, who are often criticized for flaws in their character or teaching by their critics. Instead, Jesus is almost never criticized, but instead co-opted, whether it's Christian or non-Christian, conservative or liberal, whatever else. People always claim that Jesus is on their side. So, Dallas, you have spearheaded a show about Jesus that both Christians and non-Christians love. Uh, what is it about Jesus you think that creates such cross societal admiration, even from people who wouldn't want to call him Lord? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, I, I think that no one can argue with the most famous of Jesus's teachings. So mm. the, the teachings that have become uh, pop culture canon, love your neighbor, you know, serve others, um, you know, the 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 beatitudes um you know they're they're famous sayings and uh, they also kind of cross like they, they cross cultural and religious boundaries um you know i'm not bothered by like when i hear of the most some of the most famous buddhist sayings you know i heard them from my favorite coach phil jackson of the chicago bulls i i've heard them you know, when you, when you, when you see them in movies, like, you know, Quentin Tarantino movies where you see right. Eastern philosophy, like the notion of death to self isn't an offensive uh, teaching. Now you may not apply it to yourself. It may be offensive to you if you're having a debate with someone about, you know, gender pronouns. And, and I say to that person, you need to die to yourself and not worry so much about what people, you know, that then it's offensive. But as a general rule, People who follow the most famous Jesus, uh, of Jesus's teachings or who espouse them are not offensive. What I think is convenient, and I think this is true of Christians too, uh, evangelicals too, and I see this all the time with, with reactions to my show. What I think is convenient for everybody is the teachings of Jesus and the sayings of Jesus that are not universal, that are exclusive or dangerous or personal or offensive um, are, well, I should, I, I should save the word offensive. I, I was going to say those things tend to be offensive, but we can kind of, they're not as famous. So we just don't talk about them as much. So hmm. for example, the kind loving Jesus that we love from multiple iterations, including the chosen, most of the chosen Jesus is very kind, very loving, very gentle. Um, I think because it's the majority of the time, that in those moments in The Chosen, like in episode three of season three, when he says, yeah, you know what? Uh, nothing saves you except for me. And if you don't realize that you're in spiritual debt, I can't save you. Save you mm -hmm. from what? I mean, we know what he means. Uh, that the, those, those tend to kind of fall under the radar for a lot of people. And I think Christians sometimes uh, are struggle with what to do with when Jesus called a woman a dog. Uh, who a Gentile woman, a yeah. non-Jewish woman who, who needed scraps off the tape, you know, who deserved scraps off the table. Um, there's just lots of teachings that uh, that Jesus did that can offend multiple groups, but they're not the famous ones. So I know that's a long answer to your question, but I think the gist of it is uh, his most famous teachings are completely unarguable and have proven over and over and again to 
to work. Um, hmm. and it's, and hmm. it's, uh, so, so the, the, the people who um, would claim Christ, claim Christianity, and then espouse a teaching or a belief that contradicts those famous ones, then that's when they point to the scriptures that support that. So Jesus turning over the tables in the temple, um, Jesus calling Pharisees by, you know, bad names. Um, Jesus <laughs> saying you should hate your mother and father if they, you know, like all these things that Jesus said that were tough, we tend to cherry pick when we're having a debate about, let's say, you know, invading Iraq. Um, and mm. the other side tends to cherry pick when they're having a debate about universal health care. So, uh, <laughs> but, but overall, no one argues with love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And I and I think what's most interesting about this conversation to me, and especially the success of your show, is uh like Joseph, you pointed out the universality of of Jesus, right? And and in my own personal anecdotal life, I have plenty of atheist friends who think everything I believe is just absolutely ridiculous and it's just bunk. Um, yet they love the character of Jesus. And the statistics kind of back this up too. They've done some studies. Uh, don't ask me to cite them, but you can look for them yourself. <laughs> that this particular generation, they they really despise religion. Like we were watching the religious rates just fall and fall yeah. and fall, church attendance, especially with young men. Um, but what they're, what's really interesting is conversely, we are seeing this huge uh, uh, uptick in people who love and are interested in the character of Jesus, the person of Jesus particularly. So they dislike Christianity, but they love the character of Jesus. And I, and I think that's really, really interesting. And and even as I watch, you know, uh, just any normal secular shows or whatever, yes, I do it. Um, don't worry, <laughs> I'll go to confession. Uh, but <laughs> there's something that's always interesting to me as I've lived and worked in Hollywood for over a decade is how often uh, things from scripture are used in popular culture, particularly Jesus. I mean, even just think about the curse words we use. I mean, Jesus is used as a curse word in almost every HBO show you'll watch. That's yeah. interesting to me. I know that doesn't seem that interesting to people. For, for me, that's really interesting. But even aside from that, you have um, all of these shows and these they're quoting Jesus constantly. They don't give him attribution, but you'll, you know, do unto others is whatever, uh, you know, in, in, in plenty, uh, whatever show you might watch. And you have the, all these Jesus quotes that kind of keep on appearing, turn the other cheek. And I think that's really fascinating. And, um, I guess, you know, not to be a, a conspiratorial or, or lack of evidence guy over here, but I think part of it is because I do think there's some sort of intrinsic power in the message of Jesus. And I think, as Dallas pointed out, that, you know, the things that Jesus said that are most famous are ones we can kind of all agree on, the most famous quotes. You know, we we think forgiveness is good. We think that being kind is good. We think that being generous is good. Most people in society, be it whatever tribe you come from, can kind of agree on those things. But I think it goes even deeper than that. I think that there is something, uh, well, divine about the character of Jesus. And I think there's something uh again trying not to drift too charismatic here but powerful um <laughs> in, the, in the personhood of jesus and i think oh. that that's a power that people pick up on and i think that whether subliminally or explicitly and i think that it's something that if you want to have a political movement work if you want your movie to work you're going to try to find a way to incorporate or co-op like you said joseph that power into the thing that you're doing and so i just think that's really fascinating but i do notice that culture while hating christianity i, I think is pretty not, not or or just dismissing um is still really obsessed with the person of jesus and i think that's a really fascinating thing and i do think it has something to do with there is 
it like Dallas said, it works. And there's there is a power to the character and personhood of Jesus. Yeah, it's it's hard for me to you know, get around because I think what both of you say is is really interesting. I think, you know, Dallas, the case you may have looked, the stuff that everybody knows about Jesus is stuff we all agree with. But the stuff we may dislike about Jesus is kind of buried a little bit. It's less famous. Um, I the a couple of things that are kind of I would sort of maybe push back on them at the time that Jesus was came out, you know, and it was, was around uh, living on earth. Jesus um, came out when he was released. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When he was, when he was released by Warner brothers. Yes. In the year 33 AD. Uh, he, <laughs> he, uh, a lot of the things you were saying weren't all universal. I mean, you know, at the beginning of the Beatitudes, oh, yeah. at, at the beginning of the Beatitudes, you know, he's, you know, reversing the hierarchy, um, you know, of like, Oh, blessed are all the people that you think are, you know, not uh, at the top of, of the food chain. Um, and so, you know, like as, as Tom Holland, not the actor, the historian talks about in his book Dominion is like a lot of our, our, um, our world today is basically because Christianity sort of won the values sort of system where Jesus saying, Hey, you should, we should, you should change your values. And people did. And then a lot of those values sort of got imported, you know, kind of exported around the world in various ways so it kind of became universal in a sense because sort of the the you know through either argument or or sort of kind of just influence and sometimes coercion uh oftentimes coercion <laughs> um Jesus sort of values became universal as a historical matter um so that's a kind of a fascinating thing is like he's 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 universally beloved because sort of the of the cultural revolution he created but the thing i still always have trouble going back to is you're right. There are things that Jesus are offensive about Jesus. If people read it or paid attention to it. Um, and yet it, people still, even the people who do know about those things and do read those things, don't turn around and say, okay, well now I don't like Jesus anymore. You know, they still say, they still instead try to twist what he said or co-opt it and yes. say, he said something different. And so, at, which is again, like, Unlike what you see leaders of other faith movements, like the alternative faith movement will go around and say, ah, well, this proves that he's not a good faith leader or his proves they'll use that as that his awful, the things that he said that they think are awful or did they think are awful as evidence that he's wrong. Whereas with Jesus, they don't use it as evidence that he's wrong. They just co-opt it and say he really agrees with me. So I'm sort of curious why that difference. Yeah, I think uh, it's really interesting you hinted at it when and I was going to point this out that the, Jesus certainly wasn't universally loved when he was here. Yes. Uh, and uh, I mean, in, in, in any time he was for a time, he would quickly make sure he wasn't. Uh, <laughs> yes. It was like when, when thousands followed him after he fed them loaves and fish, he was like, Oh, you're starting to like me a lot. Or let me uh, offend you and get rid of half of it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And he actually said, that's what he was doing. Like, yeah. he's like, I actually don't, I actually want people who are going to, you know, believe even though things are not easy yeah, fair weather about, friends he doesn't want them yeah, yes yeah exactly what about you guys are you gonna turn on me too you know i mean he was just yeah. he was he was pretty uh confrontational yeah. and um and and but i think i think this is really more a, a comment on humanity than it is about jesus i have mm. been more depressed in the last 10 years mm. at the tribalism of 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 humanity sure uh i feel like i i do but 
I know it's happened throughout history, but I do think it's more happened more than ever, yeah. at least in America um, sure. in the last 10 years. It's, it's, and it's before Trump. It's before even Obama. Sure. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a Trump, Trump made, made use of it to extraordinary sure, degrees. Yeah. He did not cause it. Uh, yeah. We were always, um, I would find, cause I'm someone who, who really, I, if I, I'm almost obsessed with not being tribal to almost sometimes to a fault. And I, and I mean, oh, you I, and Nathan would get along real well. Yeah, You fit on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, like, I, I, and I'm not, I'm not even saying that as a compliment to myself because sometimes it's actually obnoxious to, to, to yeah. almost kind of knee jerk, um, right. correct, whatever room you're in. You know, I think that can be the same. Oh yeah. As, I relate. Yeah. Be, yes. Being anti-tribal can oftentimes be just as, as, as sheep-like as being tribal. Sure. So I, I, but, but, I'll, I would, you know, I post something on Facebook. This is before The Chosen. I'll get to The Chosen in just a second. But I'll post something on Facebook because I'm pretty politically interested. and I'm, But I'm politically libertarian. So I, I can offend and please both sides at different times. But, <laughs> but I, could say th I could say 10 things in a row that a friend of mine or a follower of mine would agree with and love. And then the moment, and then think, Dallas, you're so smart. Uh, and then I, if, I, if I say something positive about... Joe Biden or Donald Trump, um, mm -hmm. no matter how much you believed I was smart until I said that, it's like, wait a minute, you just said something positive about someone on the other team. Therefore, mm -hmm. you now must be on that team. You are a traitor to that team. Uh, yeah. You, yeah. Uh, um, that person is incapable of saying anything positive. Everything about them is wrong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And by, by, by design, everything about the person that I'm that's in the tribe that I'm in is right until they say anything that doesn't fit into my tribe. Mm -hmm. Then, therefore, not only are they wrong, they are no longer part of my tribe. It's a very, very binary, uh, all or nothing, now or never thing. And it's very, very disturbing. And when it comes to Jesus, um, I, I see it. Uh, and the reason I'm only I'm using the chosen example is because that's my world right now. But yeah. You'll see it in YouTube comments. I mean, someone could love the show, be dedicated to the show. And the moment I say something or there's something in the show that says something that doesn't align with the, 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 uh, the color, the single color that they have painted over their depiction of Jesus in their minds, they not only disagree, they're heartbroken. It's like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I thought you were someone I, like referring to me, I thought Dallas, you were someone that I could trust and and rely on and and like yeah. and follow. Uh, but now that you've done a devil marketing campaign, or now that you've shown Jesus wrestling over words for a sermon, uh, now that you uh, were sarcastic or made a joke, they'll literally say words like, "I'm heartbroken. I I, I must I I can no longer watch the show or follow you on right. Facebook." You said, "Happy Halloween." Therefore, you must not be the person I thought you were. And so th this is a long way around it, and I apologize for that, but it's it's the same thing when it comes to Jesus. But it's in a different way. They have assigned Jesus as the 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 end-all be-all. I don't know exactly why. You're asking why, and I think it's a fair question. But instead of canceling Jesus when they see something in Scripture that they disagree with or they don't like, they do the opposite. They go... Oh, he means something different than what yeah. you think he means. He 
it must mean what I what I think he means, or it's you're, it's it's a misquote, or it's taken out of context, yeah, or right. it's referring to something that doesn't apply to me. And so it does cause humans to just, um, w when it comes to Jesus, at least, have con confirmation bias, no matter yeah. how bizarre the comments are that Jesus makes. And uh, and yeah. I find in the show that when we're portraying a weird storyline or something that Jesus said that was pretty difficult or, or offensive, um, people just go, uh, yeah, um, uh, that's that doesn't fit in with the Jesus that I know. And I'm like, well, but it's in the Bible. <laughs> it's like Jesus mm -hmm. was lots of things like and and and, and to, to you, he's either all perfect in your mind. And by perfect, I mean the perfect <laughs> kind of outline that you've drawn and right. anything that yeah. colors outside those lines, you just change. And Nicodemus talked about that in season one, when he's talking to Shmuel, he's like, if God did something that didn't fit within your uh, category or what you think Torah says, would that mean that, that, that uh, God is wrong or this isn't God or does it make mm. you interpreted it wrongly? And, uh, and we, our answer to that is no, it's always that, um, that, that someone's interpreting it wrongly and it's not me. Yeah, that's always our no, that's what I, I have no that's fantastic and because this really gets to the heart of something that i see regularly happening and and i want to blame it on everyone out there right i want to blame it on the atheists the culture the evangelicals whoever it is but what i notice is i do it and uh, yes. i really hate that i do it and it's this thing that you're getting to the heart of which is all right so joseph you pointed out that people don't look at Jesus and try to cancel him, essentially. Right. Instead, they try to, what they do, I think there's kind of this natural intrinsic um, power behind Jesus and who he is. And I think yeah. there's a, a history to reveal that and why or how, well, we'll just leave it to that he's divine. But regardless, what I see people doing with Jesus is, like you said, co-opting and ultimately making Jesus into your own image. You know, that's something yeah. we've all heard, but yeah. I think it's something we need to keep on hearing because I do it a lot. I'll, I'll have a particular um, thought on some occurrence that happens in culture or politics or whatever it might be, and I'll think it, and then I'll go, okay, I'm a Christian, so how am I going to fit Jesus into this opinion for me? And mm. I see everyone doing that. It's kind of, it's it's this natural proclivity that we've had. You can see it through scripture. It's been for thousands of years yeah. of trying to make this figure of Jesus into ourselves and it's not just yeah. into a figure what it always ends up resembling is either our tribe or our our own individual self which is essentially just a lot of um us as makes up a tribe <laughs> yeah. um, but i think that's a really interesting thing um because you, you see it happening a lot and it, and it comes from what i would what i would say is not really fully knowing jesus the thing that always brings me back when i'm trying to form jesus into my image is when i read scripture and i'm like oh i can't do that yeah. because this is who he actually is so i have to comport my ideas and my image my identity to that i can't do the the other way around so it's not that people just love jesus they love the small glimpses of jesus they have as you pointed out in your first comment dallas it's if we really get to know the whole jesus i do think he's still just as compelling but it's a lot more difficult because we can't if we know jesus we know who he's not and i think that makes it way harder to use him so i think people are really happy with this kind of cultural understanding of uh i hate to say hippie jesus and mm -hmm. um yeah that, that's just something i've noticed happening in my own life and i and i do see it everywhere and i think it's as a result of really not knowing very much about jesus which is why everyone should watch chosen of course <laughs> <laughs> Actually, hey. that's where that's where you'll find 
the real authentic <laughs> yes, Jesus. He yes. looks like Jonathan Rumi in real life. Yes. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll I'll say one more thing going off of that. We'll then we'll uh, throw it back to you, Dallas, to kind of to, to close us out. Um, I think yeah, that's. I guess there is. We have and this is sort of something that one of my uh, teachers, um, uh, Drew Johnson, kind of uh, pointed out about the um, uh, Old Testament. The the uh, Israelites is they almost never got rid of. Um, the temples or the worship of of God of Yahweh, they would always just mm. create additional idols to other gods also. Mm. And for some reason, and I kind of I'm as as sort of like as much as I emotionally feel like this is a cop out, I really can't come up with another explanation. I think that there is something so compelling about God as revealed through Jesus and Jesus that people can't bear the idea of not having some kind of um, positive relationship with him, even if it's just an ad, mm. an admiring from history, whether it's you know God or whatever, they just can't. People just cannot emotionally bear to not have some kind of relationship with him, and so. But they also, we also like other things. We like our political <laughs> god. We like our our economic god. We like our whatever. And so most of us are trying to find a way to have both. To have, yeah. you know, both worship, you know, both the the temple, you know, to God, which is Jesus and the other things. And so the thing that we all have to do is we all have to, you know, go to the Bible and say, OK, you know, as much as we can let Jesus say what it sounds like he's actually saying. And of course, you can look at biblical scholarship, actually listen to people who know the Bible more than you to help with that. But go and say, OK, what is he actually saying? If I didn't care if he said something I didn't like, what would it sound like he was saying? And mm -hmm. and try to see if you can actually change your own opinions to fit that as a practice. Making that a practice is something I try to do and do very badly at, by the way, I think. But mm -hmm. um that's that's something that I think that that's kind of what I what I guess the answer for me to do is I guess it's kind of like that idea of when you're, you know, 12 and have the idea of your first girlfriend in your head, it looks like something, but when you have your first girlfriend, yes. it's real out and i think it's so much more beautiful i'm so glad that my wife doesn't look like that abstract idea in my head that i had when i was 12 of what my eventual wife would look like because it's more real it's more beautiful truthfully robin's robin's better than the girl of my dreams she's real and so i encourage you to actually go look but dallas we do want to end on your thoughts and the, and the question i want to pose to you uh, is more of an anecdotal one just in your experience i imagine that in making the chosen uh, for, for these years now that you've come in contact with a lot of people. As you were saying, you get these comments on YouTube and these people who, who if you say something wrong or out or get offended, I'm, I'm curious about two groups of people, especially because you're showing a Jesus that I don't know that often gets shown in, at least to the full extent in, in films. And, and especially because it's a series, you have more time where you talked about showing the more real Jesus, maybe the Jesus that, that's offensive even sometimes. I'm curious what have, the people you've talked to who are not believers, who have encountered the chosen, what is their reaction and what do they like about it? And the Christians who have watched the chosen, who dislike it or who have canceled you or whatever it might be, um, why do they do that? So I kind of want to know from the two different perspectives, non-believers and believers, and what it is that um, attracts them and even maybe offends them about Jesus, i.e. slash the chosen. Right. Yeah, good. Um, first of all, let me compliment uh, both of you. But uh, Joseph, your your final your your previous comments about how they wouldn't replace 
Yahweh, but they'd add things to it is it was an exceptional mm. point. Uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to steal it in the future, but it's, thank you. That's, that's really, <laughs> well no, no, that's really, really good. And it's because it's, yeah. because it's true because we are so resistant to re, to removing things from our life that we love, even if those things prove to be harmful mm. uh, or uh, so, so um, in a case of Jesus, obviously it doesn't prove to be harmful, but we're really, we're, we're really uh, resistant to to removing things, but we but we, what we do instead is we add things on top of them, and sometimes add to them in a way that obscures uh, yeah. the original as well, which is what I think happens uh, to us all the time. It happens to me. It's easy to happen in, in America when there's so when you have such easy access to vices and to things that can make you more comfortable. Yeah. Um, so that's that's difficult. I also think one thing that came to mind real quickly about your why, wondering why, I do think an, an, uh, another reason why people are hesitant to change, uh, to, to dislike Jesus when they hear something that they might disagree with, but instead they change it to fit and match what they believe is because of our absolute hatred and, uh, for the other side and our resistance to, I mean, I, I'm learning over the last couple of years, I'm becoming more and more of a, wow, the gospel really does mean die to self. Wow, the gospel really does mean turn the other cheek. <laughs> like, than ever, and coming as a Midwest, you know, right-wing evangelical jock, you mm. know, athlete, you know, leader type. Um, I still love all that stuff, but man, I'm just going, wow, they, he really did repeatedly <laughs> die to self and tell others to die to self as well. And boy, the people he came to, to save were totally oppressed and he could have overwhelmed them and could have brought about justice. And he didn't because he kept pushing this notion of surrender and humility and death. And wow, that really was a consistent theme that does not match with my constant get the bad guy justice, you know, uh, anyway. So anyway, I just want to comment on that. I do think it's important. Well, so my, my, my point was what part of our resistance, I think to, to coming to grips with that, is that, oh gosh, if I start to embrace the peace side of Jesus, that will put me on the same side as hippies mm. and liberals and, uh, you know, the people who've used Jesus for their own means, and I cannot be on that side. So I will fight to the death to keep Jesus as the warrior justice provider um, at all costs. So anyway, uh, but that's not your question. So um, the thing that non-believers uh, like about the show uh, when I hear from them, and that that covers more than half our cast and crew, um, is two things. One, they typically just talk; they just like the they just like a, the show for, from a from a first century historical drama perspective. Mm. Um, just the, the the they they like the artistry of it. Um, I don't think a non believer has any reason to watch a show about Jesus other than if they actually like the content. <laughs> um, Christians, I get a, I get a pass uh, for some Christians um, who will watch it, even if they don't care about the quality, um, or even if they disagree with the quality, it's because they 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 do want to see some of their favorite Bible stories come to life, and I think we do that well. I th and 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 so because we do that well, you'll we get a lot of fans who love the miracle scenes, love the <laughs> the the calling of all the Bible stories. And then all the artistry stuff, like, you know, doing a, a black and white 
uh, <laughs> montage with no dialogue. They're just like, why in the world would you? I can't hear it. Why is it black and white? Just they don't care at all. Um, but uh, they 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 love the show anyway because they they can't wait to see their mm. Bible stories come to life. Um, season four is going to be tough for some of those people because season four is is uh, is is a downer. <laughs> um, nice. I no, love that's it, the man. stuff I like. Yes. No, Maybe Joseph will Joseph then. will like season four, I believe. Um, <laughs> and he's read my reviews, so he he knows where, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where I go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the potty pooper. You'll like it until Lazarus gets raised from the dead. And you're like, oh great. Oh man, all the good news. What's the hogwash? I enjoyed it more when Jesus was crying. Yeah. Um so uh anyway, um they they they, they do just like the the artistry of it and they like sure. they like sure. it for the same reasons i like uh you know any other you know the wire or breaking bad or anything else i'm not i'm not as good as those shows i'm not claiming to be but i think people just some people just like good drama and good historical drama and this is a, a compelling figure and he did some amazing mm. things and it's interesting to watch uh compared to the normal way he's portrayed which is much more stiff yeah. and um they also do like i mean i get all the time um in fact i have a, a one, one of our top crew members uh said to me while reading season four um said this notion of jesus as a divider i never understood mm. or thought that's really compelling mm. to me. i'm really intrigued by that there's a lot of just huh is that really how he mm, that's interesting i hadn't thought of that we get a lot of that from non-believers um and that makes them go huh this this isn't what i'd heard Therefore, I should keep watching to keep seeing more things that go against what I've heard before. That's interesting to people. Uh, mm. To the believers who don't like it, it's relatively simple. Um, it, it, either they just hate it because it shows things that aren't in Scripture, and that's that's by itself a disqualifier. Um, but there, there does seem to be this common theme of some of the more um, kind of conservative side of things that you know, the, the discernment blogger crowd, the, the YouTuber that, that, um, you know, their whole YouTube channel is designed to find false prophets and, and expose them. And that's, that's literally what they do. And they're proud of that. We found them guys, get them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, that's what they, that's what it is. And they, 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 they enjoy it. They're yeah. looking for, for things to, 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 to dislike. Yeah. So the, the fact that I work with Mormons is just, that, that's, that, that makes Wait, the job. Wait, hold on. Easier. Hold on, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think you. I don't know if you've heard that. Yeah. But what they'll do is, they'll, they'll, they'll then see a lot of things through this prism, and they see, they think that the show is hippie Jesus, mm. and I'll hear them say, you know what, this is a show where you know it's all um, forgiveness, no repentance. You don't hear the show talking about sin. You don't hear the show talking about the need for repentance, which. Is is a which I just think, well, that's just p patently false. Uh, right. Or you know, Jesus is a Mormon Jesus. He's not actually God. Um, if he was, he wouldn't struggle to to or or, or work on his sermon. Um, mm. And and then they, I'll I'll point out. Well, remember when season one or season two when he said, "I am that I am." You remember when he said, "I only God can forgive sins." Uh, did you see? And I mean, I'll point out all those other phrases, but they don't they don't see those. Mm -hmm. And then they'll see a phrase like, "I'm the law of Moses." which in the context of the scene is so obviously and patently Jesus asserting the ultimate authority. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they'll just go, but it sounds like something that might've come from the book of Mormon. Therefore it must be part of a conspiracy to blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> um, that's not to say critics aren't ever right. It's just oh, yes. that 
Yes, the yes, Christian... we are, especially when it's me. Yes. <laughs> yes, and your obsession with Jesus being a mentor to Simon Peter. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> Got <he! laughs> Um. So I, I um. It's not to say that they're never that they're that that, that they're never right. It's just that I, I do think that the most common critiques I hear from Christians tend to be the ones that I think are the most unfair. Interesting. And one of the reasons why I'm on your show is because I've the 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 the, the criticisms of the show that I've thought were fair came from you, um, or mm. you know you among a few others. But sure, sure, yeah. I'm always willing to I'm always willing to go on shows where I'm like, okay that's a fair point. I disagree with it, but it's, it's, it's fair. Or that's a yeah. fair point. I hadn't thought of that. Mm. Maybe I'll consider that. Um, then I'm like, great. I'll, I'll talk to that person anytime. It's the people who just go, uh, you are not, I'm going to filter you through the lens that I have assigned to you. And, uh, gosh, even real quick, I know we've got to go, but I just, I just <laughs> saw a video pop to crop up on my feed the other day from someone showing Judas, um, approaching Jesus and saying, I want to follow you and showing the actor who plays Luke Dimian in a video we did about him. Uh, sorry, Luke Dimian, who plays uh, Judas, saying Judas had good intentions at the beginning. And hmm. Judas came into this wanting to follow Jesus. And the commenter was saying, that's false. Hmm. Uh, and, and he points out a verse from the Bible where Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him and referred to him as a devil. And it's like, so wait a second. You, you you genuinely believe that Judas came in from the beginning, three years into Jesus's ministry, or three years before the death, came into it with the whole pl grand plan from the beginning hmm. and knew he was going to betray Jesus, healed people and cast out demons. Hmm. Um, and it was all, even though the Bible says you can't do that and, and also follow Satan. And a later verse outright says, that Satan entered into him shortly mm. before he right. betrayed Jesus. So, and they're saying, and the, the commenter was saying, this is all part of the chosen's attempt to get you to like, you know, this betrayer and they assign motive. And um, again, it's all part of this, this insistence that I have a dangerous motive. Mm -hmm. I am, this is part of something that's going to bring people away from the Bible and to a more hippie, hippified uh, portrayal of Jesus. And, uh, and I think it's really rooted in an, in a, in an aggressive ignorance. Um, Maybe not, some tribalism. Yeah. They haven't, they haven't looked at or even know, looked at, looked at or even considered our Bible studies and devotional books. Uh, they haven't, they, they know nothing about where I stand theologically uh, as a, as an actual conservative, um, you know, probably closer to gospel coalition, you know, uh, uh, Christianity f f theological perspective than, than not, um, the, the, you know, the believing in the inerrant truth of God's word, believing that, uh, that, that, mm -hmm. that the 98% of people who do respond to the show are saying they're reading their Bible more than ever. Um, and not, not that it's a replacement for scripture. So, um, yeah, that's a, again, I, I give very long answers to your questions, but how, how, how dare you give it. long answers on a show called the overthinkers. overthinkers yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that that's great. That's all, it's all very interesting and points back to this idea that one, like you said, a lot of this, this idea of Jesus and everyone claiming them, 
um, comes out of tribalism. And two, it comes out of a lack of knowledge of Jesus, of the actual true Jesus. And we want to claim him for our tribe, for ourselves. Um, but and no, if that, you're not that, in our that, tribe, if you're not in our tribe and you like the chosen, yeah, then the chosen must be bad. Yeah. Because I've heard that too. If the chosen, the fact it's, it's popularity is in and of itself proof yeah. Yeah. that it's dangerous. Yep. And yes. uh, Jesus warned against things that are popular. And mm. I'm going, you know, the Bible is the best selling book of all time. <laughs> yes. Every single year. Uh, and, and Christianity Forever. is the dumb. Yeah. Like, but somehow that popularity doesn't make the Bible dangerous. But yeah. the, the, the fact that Mormons like it must mean that yeah. chosen is Mormon or is Mormon friendly. Uh, they can't wrap their heads around the fact that Mormons also happen to like the Gospels and believe in the Gospels. They just also believe in another gospel that we don't believe in and that we think yeah. is heretical. Fine, but that doesn't change the fact that they actually like the gospels. And so therefore they, like Catholics, are going to like the vast majority of the chosen other than when I show Mary, you know, <laughs> having any pain. <laughs> that's yes. a whole nother, that's that's all another podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But what I would encourage everyone to do as we're wrapping up is go introduce yourself to the writings, the stories, and the person of Jesus actually get to know this person that cultural that culture knows that people talk about get to know him uh, study him and maybe that starts with watching the chosen and going deeper from there but that's what I encourage our listeners uh, Christian or atheist we have such a varied audience but I encourage anyone whatever your belief is to check him out he's a pretty cool dude um, <laughs> on that uh, we will we'll shortly wrap up, but we do one quick segment before we go. Joseph, explain the rules, and we will get Dallas out of here. Cool. So we have our Blesses and Curses segment, where we take a work of art, media, or resource that we want to recommend to you, i.e. bless, or we want to uh, warn, uh, anathematize, uh, uh, curse. <laughs> curse. Uh, so... Um, we always allow our guests to either participate in that segment uh, or not. Um, so Dallas, would you like to uh, bless something and or curse something or want to abstain at this time? No, no, I'm always happy to give an opinion. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yes. I follow him on Facebook. This is true. Yeah, would you would you like to speak to an audience, Dallas, and share your thoughts on something or would you like to tag <laughs> yes. off? Uh, the answer has never been no. Um, uh What's what's funny is what immediately came to mind was something that I would both bless and curse at the same time, which is The Last wow. of Us. Uh, I just finished watching Ooh, that nice. on HBO Max. And, um, you know, I really like the show. I love the, the, those filmmakers. They also did, the Craig Mazin also did uh, Chernobyl, which was brilliant. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's a brilliant yeah. show, but, uh, and there are things about it that I, that we loved. But man, in fact, I talked about this on Fox News the other night. They asked me about that scene in, or in episode eight when when a pastor, character, the Christian characters came in mm. to the show. And uh, if you haven't seen it yet, I, I'm, I won't spoil it, but even though I'm going to tell you what happens, because it's not a spoiler. As soon as you see this pastor character with a Bible verse written up on the wall, you immediately, it's a spoiler, you know, okay, he's going to end up being a terrible yeah abusive, stupid. abusive to children and all this and and and, and, and lived up to it <laughs> um and then the ending of season one I'm, which i won't talk about because there are people who haven't seen it or played the game and i haven't played the game either great but, game. um but yeah it's it's uh and so i think i think they said the ending of season one is the same as the show as the game but man it's uh it's brutal and uh and hard to it, it's it, it's really dark and mm. um and I, and so i i 
I bless and curse it because I think it's really well done, but I'm just like, man, we really need more shows that, um, that, 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 I don't know, that can celebrate the good or at least show that the good is possible. Yeah. That not, yeah. not everyone, uh, that, 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 that darkness isn't inevitable, uh, mm-hmm. uh because, the, the message of the last of us is love can cause you to do good things, but it can also cause you to do horrible things. <laughs> and I'm like, I already knew that. Okay. I, everyone knows that <laughs> everyone like, like, believe me, HBO max and, and all the cool shows have made it very, very clear repeatedly uh, that, that darkness is, is, is a mm. very common result of decisions uh, of humanity. Um, and it used to be the opposite. It used to be that, you know, Hollywood, I think, was too optimistic and 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 art wasn't reflective enough of the darkness. Um, now I think it's gone so far the other direction that a show mm. like The Chosen ends up standing out uh, and probably be given uh, extra credit points just for the fact that it's more optimistic. Yeah. Mm, yeah, that's great. It's a yeah. I'm a huge fan of the game. I haven't played the. Uh, uh, I haven't watched the show yet but uh, a fantastic story but yeah i think that people are hungry for hope and that goes into my bless i'm gonna bless a non-christian's song about jesus there's a guy named nice. noah gunderson he actually used to be a christian and now he's a, a um an outspoken atheist but he even after his atheism he wrote this song called jesus and um i think it's something to that effect maybe it's dear jesus or something but the reason i'm blessing this is because again it's a great picture of that people even when they're not Christians, can't get Jesus out of their head. There's something compelling mm-hmm. there. But what I love is he doesn't do what The Last of Us did, which is make this characterization and just lobby kind of unfair, mm-hmm. um, un- unrealized, unholistic critiques of the character of Jesus. He he grapples. Now, he's honest. He says, okay, are people going to hell? What about the Muslims and the gays? What, what, am I going to hell? But in this song, it's beautiful. It's heartbreaking. You're going to cry when you listen to it. But it's an honest grappling with who I think is the divine. And I think that's always a good thing. I think that God likes us wrestling with him. And I think it goes to show that people are incredibly desirous of that grappling with the figure of Jesus, that this atheist who doesn't even believe that anyone's hearing writes this prayer out Mm -hmm. to Jesus grappling with his deepest questions. And it's in a sincere way, not in an angry or a a snide way that we see so often. So listen to the song by Noah Gunderson, um, Jesus Christ or or Jesus or dear Jesus, something to that effect. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to curse. Oh, I I hate to do this because everyone knows I like my cartoons. Um, But I I love Trey Parker and I love Seth MacFarlane. Uh, They're funny, funny guys. And I get a lot of pleasure out of their their cartoons. But I got to curse their depictions of Jesus. And I'm not going to be one of these old Bible thumping, you know, uh, everyone needs to go boycott South Park and Family Guy. But I think even if you're being satirical, even if you're being funny, even if you're trying to be shocking, there can be a more honest and truthful and interesting, even funny way to explore the character of Jesus. And for whatever reason, people have a hard time satirizing Jesus in any kind of authentic way. And they just end up making a total like dunce out of Jesus, which I don't think is very, um, it's not on their brand, which I think is very often intelligent and and piercing and, and funny. And I think that the depictions of Jesus and South Park and Family Guy had really just fall flat to me because it didn't. It didn't offend me because it wasn't Jesus. There's there's nothing there was that was reflective of the Christ I know. So um, yeah, guys, uh, if you if you do it again, you know, be, 
uh, make your jokes land a little heavier on the Jesus. There, there, there's nothing worse than I've seen. I've seen this multiple times than a satire that it's like, you know what? I could have made fun of that better than you because like, I clearly know yes. it better than you. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. it. Yep. yep. Yeah, so um, definitely, definitely. Um, uh, yes. Yeah, so, okay. I'm going to be, uh, I'll be, I'll be uh, the suck up of today and I'm going to bless the third season of the chosen. Which you know, uh, criti- ah, critiques, critiques aside, I I I I gave positive reviews in my in my, uh, in my uh, religion unplugged articles, and I also I was like, it is it is a very masterful show, um, and and one of the things it does and does really really well, and I have to I'm gonna I'm gonna really compliment you, Dallas, for a minute is. You know, Nathan and I have been frustrated for a long time with the Christian audience not being able to handle darkness in their in and 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 struggle in their content. And you are creating a show with a lot of darkness in it that Jesus is going to redeem, but that a lot of darkness in it. And not only are you making it, but you are actually doing live streams to talk people through it, to actually train the Christian audience to be able to interpret and conceptualize darkness in what I think is a more Christian way to not say, I don't, I can't have my content have darkness in it. I'm going to understand the darkness I'm seeing in a Christian way. And, and I think that that's, that is a deep ministry that you're doing to the Christian community by bringing a show in that that's actually um, showing people how those two go together, can go together, that, that you can actually show darkness because Jesus is, in the midst of it. And so um that the to the degree that the show is doing that and that you are walking people through that, I think is is a great ministry to to uh Christians in America and around the world. So I bless that show and bless you, Dallas, for that. Um for that. Brown oh, noser. I was gonna yes. bless the son of God. You know, Mark <laughs> Burnett's the son of God in the Bible, just to make you know some good going. But I say next time. No, yeah, I, time. I I appreciate that. I'll I'll just say this quickly because I want to hear what you curse too. But uh, I, yeah, there is. And I don't mean this to sound even at all condescending. Uh, it's just that there is there is some handholding through the chosen, sure. um, not just in my live stream, but in the show itself, where uh, I I I do sometimes I'll meet certain people in an airport or out on the street or whatever who who will just love the show and i'm like i never would have guessed that you would like the show because mm. because it's it's so i mean or when they tell me they're six year old or they're eight year old mm. or whatever likes the show and i'm like why it's a it's not <laughs> a, it's not a typical christiany yeah. fun you know type show and and so that that actually gives me um hearing you say it gives me a lot of uh pleasure but also when i see some of the people who do like it i'm like they're they're becoming um more i don't know artistically yeah tolerant you know yeah. what i mean like they like yeah. maybe so so I, maybe there is a little bit of a, it's not why i'm doing it but maybe there is a little bit of a raising of the of the proverbial bar yes. towards yeah. where things that maybe aren't that will now look a little less appealing um, yeah absolutely like if you like if you like the chosen you might not like some other things that you might have no- used to like. Name a few. We want some hot takes. <laughs> oh gosh, no, there's, there's no chance of that. <laughs> yeah, no. The, the resurrection even, of Gavin Stone, like, maybe. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but here's the thing. I and I'm not. It, it's hard to say that without really sounding condescending because I'm not saying that I'm better. I'm re- genuinely not. There's faith-based stuff that I love, but as a viewer of of that kind of content too, as a Christian one of the reasons why I did the show was, was thinking like, we, we, we need to, 
we, we need to dig into some of these Jesus stories in yeah. a more mm. honest way Absolutely. and for, for myself, not just the audience. And it's really fun um, to, you know, well, just an example, when I've heard people say, when I see now, when I, I they'll say, I just watched this other Jesus movie yeah. or Jesus miniseries. And it just doesn't, I don't know. I just didn't like it anymore. I, I used mm. to like it, but now it feels false or it feels overly melodramatic. And, and I'm like, I think that's a good thing. I think, yeah. because I think a lot of previous depictions were absolutely in, inauthentic because of their formality and melodrama and all of that. So anyway, I, I, I just hijacked your blessing and curse. Oh, that was no, it's okay. Yeah. I will quickly do my curse. Um, it's, you know, cause I, I wanted to do a curse, a curse of Jesus depiction that I didn't already curse the last time you were on. Um, I'm going to curse the Mary Magdalene film, the Joaquin Phoenix, uh, depiction of oh. Jesus. Uh, for there's a lot of things that are that are that are problematic. I do love Joaquin, though. I will oh, say, I no, seen no it. shade on Joaquin. Yes, but it's the, the the director and writer depiction of it. It's you know when people are afraid of Jesus becoming sort of a weak Jesus. You know, partly mm. they're imagining the Joaquin Phoenix version, and it it gotcha. just and it goes into the. I mean, just they they made him weak, and even like his moments of strength were him losing control. Like you know they were, and so. And and again, it got, it got into gender politics because it's like, oh, the you know, it's the the men and the masculine that's wrong with Christianity, but it's the feminine that's right with Christianity. It just it's like all the things that make you know the kind of Christians you talk about afraid to see the parts of Jesus that uh, people on the other side might agree with was in this movie and reinforced mm. those stereotypes. So that's I placed uh, uh, that's where I'm going to put my curse and depictions of Jesus today. Hope that was worth the, the weights on the curses down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, it was. It was very good. Thank you. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Dallas, for coming back on. We love having you on um, and we love bothering you to, to have you on our show. Um, but uh, if people want to get in touch with you and see the stuff you're doing, and see, you know, and, and, uh, where, where can they go? Where can they go to reach you or and see the stuff that you're making? Well, on, on, I'm, I'm, I'm personally on Instagram and, and Facebook and, uh, you know, easy to find there. The chosen is easy to find there. Um, and then if you haven't seen the show, uh, you know, season one is on, is everywhere. I mean, it's on Netflix, it's on Amazon, it's yeah. on Peacock. Yep. Um, and season two is also on Amazon and Peacock, I believe. Uh, the only place to watch season three is either, is, is either on the Angel app or the or, or our Chosen app. And for overthinkers, I do think the Chosen app is where it, it, it's it's totally free, totally easy to download, requires nothing, but it allows you to watch. Like we have Bible roundtables where a priest, yeah, cool. and a Jewish rabbi, and a evangelical scholar discuss each episode and dive deep into it and talk about even the things that we got wrong and we debate some of those mm -hmm. things. And um, and then, uh, you know, we just released a, a conversation between Jonathan Rumi and I, um, a 45 minute conversation about the history of the show and all that. So we do, we do go deep and we have after shows in the chosen app. You can't get those anywhere else where after each episode of season three, you can like, we, we dive deep with the writers, with the, with the actors, with me cool. just going deeper into the episode. So that's the kind of stuff that I think is cool on the chosen app. But if you're just looking to watch the show, cause you haven't yet. Just go to Netflix. You can watch season one. There. It's everywhere. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Everyone go check it out. It really is a, a unique, um, while it's the oldest story, it's a, an entirely unique, um, but authentic way to watch it. So I encourage our overthinkers to check it out truly. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, you can go to nathanclarkson.me or search my name, Nathan Clarkson, on any of the socials. And also make sure to pick up a copy of my new book, Finding God in Hollywood, Joseph. 
If you want to get in touch with me, I am also on all the socials. You can also find me at my website, josephholmstudios.com. You can also find my work where I have reviewed every season of uh, The Chosen at religionunplugged.com and uh, also see my work at Relevant Magazine. Uh, so yes, thank you so much, Dallas, for joining us and overthinking with us today. And thank all of you for listening to our conversation. And remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. Mm-hmm.